Hello, friends. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host, Sarah Buino. I am a psychotherapist in the Chicago area, and I love having conversations about spirituality, social justice, healing, people's personal stories, all the things. And if you found this podcast, hopefully you love all these things too. So thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get to today's wonderful guest, I just wanted to share a couple ways that you can connect with us here at Conversations with a Wounded Healer. So one thing you can do is follow me on Instagram. I am at Head Heart Therapy, and that's probably the place that I do most interaction with folks. So I would love to have you join, and and I post a lot of silly memes and things to make you think and hopefully things to support your learning as well. You can also follow us on Patreon. Patreon is actually a place where you can donate money to people who provide services that you care about. And if this podcast is something that you care about, I would absolutely be so honored if you would be willing to give a donation. You can donate as little as a dollar a month. And truly, you know, you might think, oh, that's that's just ridiculous. Like that doesn't help anything. It actually does. It all it all adds up, as I'm sure a lot of people are. uh, They really know during this time. Right. So one other question that I had for you is I'm always looking for amazing guests and truthfully, I actually find a lot of them on Instagram and people reach out to me from time to time, but I'd really be interested in hearing who you would like me to talk with. So if you are interested in sharing either maybe you're somebody who I should talk with or you know somebody who's super awesome that I should talk to, shoot us an email at info at headhearttherapy.com or you can connect with me on Instagram. You can DM me at headhearttherapy. So yeah, let's get to today's guest. Today we are speaking with Shimmy Sheba and she has been a hairdresser for over 25 years. She reminds us she started super young. (laughs) She has a strong artistic eye and a true love of hair and makeup. She really loves connecting with people and personalizing a style to fit the individual. She doesn't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach. Shimmy is also quite adept at astrology and is studying to become a counselor. So I think you'll really enjoy this conversation with Shimmy. Hi, Shimmy. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. Hi there. Thank you. So I've decided to stop asking people, how are you right now? Because we are in such a crazy, tumultuous, painful, heart-wrenching time that that's just a kind of a dumb question. (laughs) But I want to give you a greeting anyway. So hello. And I'm just happy that you're here with me. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm so excited to get to know you. We have a a mutual friend who I am not allowed to name. (laughs) But that's how I was introduced to you. And so I, I just love to hear, tell people who you are. My name is Shimmy Sheba. I live in Chicago. I've been a hairdresser for 25 years. I started doing hair when I was really young. And I just really enjoyed hair, makeup. I really enjoy connecting with people and like personalizing mm-hmm. like hairstyles to kind of fit people. And in the past 25 years, I feel like I've really grown as a person with the ability to connect with people by doing their hair. Yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of different interests. I'm also right now finishing up my bachelor's degree, and I'm going to start graduate school for mental health counseling. So doing hair has sort of led me into wanting to get in the mental health field, which I know you understand that. Totally. 
And also, I love astrology and meditation and counseling, you know, just a mixture of so many different things kind of all wrapped into one. Well, I'd love to hear your origin story, right? You've been doing hair for 25 years and then you wanted to go into mental health. And I'm guessing that it's not just because you talk to people all the time. So wherever you feel like it's good to start, right? Shimmy was born and then... <laughs> totally. you want to go. Okay, well, to keep it interesting. So I'm originally from Baghdad, Iraq. My family were Assyrian and we came here in like the early 80s, but pretty much I've grown up in Chicago in the north suburbs. And then I started growing up in like a dual language home. Mm. It's always been interesting because, you know, sort of feeling like I didn't really fit at home and then I didn't fit at school. So there was always these very different dynamics going on with coming from a different country at a young age. And then as far as getting into the hairdressing world, when I was younger, I always wanted to be like a counselor, funny enough. And I fell into going to beauty school during high school because you know how a lot of schools offer that program where you could do it like your last few years of high school. Mm. So that's how I started. So at like 18, I graduated high school and I had my cosmetology license. So it was kind of an interesting dynamic because being younger, I was, you know, pretty immature, didn't know what I was doing in the beginning. But I definitely feel like over the years, not only have I sort of grown creatively just with learning to work with different hair textures and styles, but also like connecting with different people from like all different walks of life. Absolutely. Would you be willing to share some more about your experience of moving here in the 80s? And I'm so terrible with history. I literally cannot even remember when the Iraq war started, but I feel like it was it was already brewing in the 80s and your experience as an, as an immigrant here. Yeah. So we came like in the early 80s. And at that time, there was like a big movement of a lot of people migrating to the US, but also especially to Chicago. So Mm -hmm. that was a cool time because in the early 80s, Chicago was like a pretty big hub for economic reasons and stuff. So that was sort of why my family came here. And growing up in Chicago, it was such a variety of different cultures. So it sort of felt kind of more at home too. But we grew up in a Christian household. So coming here, there is a bit of an Assyrian community. So we definitely grew up going to church and everything. So that was nice. But it was different because when you come to the U.S. younger, you sort of kind of connect with the American culture a little bit more because that's what you're exposed to, especially young. I think sometimes the older you are, it could be half and half. Or But don't they say like your first five years are sort of the most important as far as like young influence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember when I was working with youth in the schools, I remember one gal in particular, her, her parents were Mexican and, and I, I just remember her, her fight, you know, with this internally, like, you know, wanting to become American, but also wanting to stay connected to her parents. And I can only imagine what that must be like. Yeah. It was interesting. And having two older brothers and I'm the youngest and the girls. So It was fun times, you know. Right. And so then I'd love to hear more too about your experiences of how doing hair led you into the desire to be in the mental health field. Because I can certainly make the connection. And I've always (laughs) said that to my stylists that like, wow, I wish you guys would get counseling classes because this is what you do for a living. Totally. I'd, I'd love to hear more about your experiences. Yeah, you know, being younger, I sort of always liked the counseling field. But as I started to do hair, 
I feel like there's so many different aspects of being a hairdresser. It's like, mm-hmm. you're an artist, you're a counselor, psychologist, you also like do chemistry and math, you're like sculpting. In a lot of ways, I feel like you're kind of like an actor or an actress, because mm-hmm. you put on somewhat of a different persona. But I think as time went by, and I got to know myself more and like, my craft got stronger. I was able to open up more and talk more and connect more with clients versus in the early years, you're kind of like, Oh, is that, you know, you're worried about the haircut? Or Mm -hmm. is that what they wanted? And you're kind of anxious already. So as time went by, I started to learn to really connect more with people. And I feel like one thing that I've learned with now being in school, going to college and working on my bachelor's as an adult the best sort of like education I've had its own form of life college has actually been being a hairdresser. Yes. I think it's just because you learn to talk to so many different people. And one thing aside from being an actor and actress, you kind of learn to be more neutral because one thing we're taught in beauty school with like the two things you don't talk about is politics and religion. And that was always like that joke. We would be like, don't talk about that. But the hard part is as you start to get to know people and you connect with them on such a personal level with doing hair, it's like, I'm sure you've seen it now. A lot of celebrities are like best friends with their hairdresser. And that's just sort of the culture now, which I really like, but they start to know a lot about you and you know about them. So there's definitely like a deeper level of intimacy. But for me, I definitely feel like I've learned a lot from talking to people from different walks of life, from different work backgrounds. And I've learned so much. And that's sort of that college life reference. Absolutely. Yeah, I can really, I can really relate to the intimacy that can happen in in that relationship with your hairdresser. I remember, I actually haven't talked about this in the podcast yet. So at some point, I'll get into the details of it. But I experienced a sexual assault. And I was really struggling with being in my body and feeling okay being touched. And I was in the chair and uh, she started to wash my hair and I just started weeping, weeping. Mm -hmm. And I knew exactly what it was. And, you know, she was just very gracious and holding space and, you know, just said like, if you want to tell me about it, great. If you don't want to tell me about it, that's fine too. And it was just... It was lovely also to to allow myself to be touched and feel like it was difficult, but it was okay. It was okay to, to have that because I really trusted her. That was a really beautiful moment we had together. That's really nice. Yeah, I think that connection can become really strong. And I've also noticed over the years, just even like, first of all, for me working in front of the mirror, that's kind of like a very tough thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm already very analytical and tough on myself. But as far as like always being in front of the mirror, very cognizant of how I look or, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff or how you appear. But also I noticed even with clients, sometimes there are people that don't want to look in the mirror that kind of shy away or look away or kind of prefer the chair to the side, you know, and it's something that I've been a lot more aware of over the years where maybe in the early years, I didn't understand, but now I sort of Mm -hmm. get it, you know? 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that understanding something that you haven't been through, that's such an important skill to develop when you're a therapist, because we can't have the opportunity to have all of the experiences that our clients have. And so we really do have to be able to imagine putting ourselves in somebody else's shoes. And so it sounds like you, you've you already got that down. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's like the empathy part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's been really great. And I think one of the biggest things over the years that when I look back at my career, I realized that part of what makes hairdressing so special to me is that by bringing out other people's beauty, I can see it within myself, right? Because there's like the mirroring factor that happens, which I think is why I haven't ever stepped away from it. You know, it's something even when I think of going into counseling and doing that, I'm like, I don't think I could ever leave doing hair. So I sort of have to like combine it somehow. I think that is a brilliant business model. <laughs> you could come up with something so cool. Don't steal it, anybody. TM. TM. <laughs> this is shimmies. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And this is why I think with therapists, hairdressers, bartenders, mm-hmm. like we sort of connect with people and we learn from them, but we also learn to be neutral because sometimes you don't know what you're going to hear, right? So it's mm-hmm. like you don't want people to feel uncomfortable or as far as doing hair, even though it's in more of like a relaxed environment, but you know, people do share a lot of things just like they do with their bartenders. Right. So mm-hmm. it kind of like, you have to keep it as a privacy thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, neutrality, it's interesting that you bring up that point because it's a conversation that, you know, we're recording this in June of 2020, which is right after George Floyd's murder. And so there's a lot of of protests and there's a lot of talk about racism and anti-racism and what that means for therapists. And one of the conversations that's that's been kind of debated in, of course, <laughs> Facebook forums right now is where I'm seeing it is the potential lethality of neutrality in the therapy room. And one of my friends said to me, she said, educating people on white supremacy is a therapeutic intervention. And I just thought that was so brilliant. And and the way that I've kind of framed it for myself is that, you know, if a client comes to me and they're struggling in active addiction, I know that that addiction is harming them, right? Whether they do or not, I can see that it's harming them. And part of my job is to lovingly hold them while at the same time challenging this thing that is actually harmful. And so that's really how I'm framing having the conversation with my clients about anti-racism work, because from what I've learned and understood, white supremacy actually hurts everybody. And so it's not actually helping all white people. <laughs> and so if if we can have those discussions in the therapy room, and I've also decided too, it's not, it's not a political issue. It's this is a human issue and it's become political so that we keep silent about it. And that's one thing that they talk about it and essentially decolonizing therapy instead of neutral is, is white. That's what you will be taught in school, right? It's just right. kind of the way that the institution is built. And so learn whatever they tell you to learn. And then <laughs> I'll tell you the places to go to unlearn it. Love it. Yeah, it's like the school life and then real life. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. two different things. Yeah, I just think we're at a point in history now where we have, our field has an opportunity to show up differently. And 
are we going to answer that call or are we just going to maintain the status quo? Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I wanted to mention was in 2017, Illinois passed a law during our renewal for cosmetology. And it was basically we had to do one hour of domestic violence and Mm -hmm. sexual assault training. So this was the first time I felt like in some ways we were being regarded as Mm -hmm. we are people that connect with others. and, And we do hear a lot of things. And there's just been so much around hairdressing. Oftentimes it's, it can be looked at like as, you know, like a side thing or not that Mm -hmm. important or kind of you do it for fun. Like there's generalizations, of course, there's people that definitely value it. But it was the first time I realized this is good that they're recognizing that we have this ability to connect with people and people do share a lot with us. And there's some responsibility that comes with that too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. And, And that's why I'm so glad that that education is that it's required because it's so, so hard to be the person who holds people accountable when something not great is happening. And to not have that training is to set people up for failure in really helping their clients, you know? It's true. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to make this about racism, but I seem to do that <laughs> everywhere now. <laughs> so that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd really love to hear too about you're really into astrology. And obviously there's so much shit happening right now. And I don't know the details, but I hear that the that astrology has already predicted this. So I'm I'm curious what you have to say about <laughs> all of it. Well, one thing that's useful about astrology, because, you know, originally astrology and astronomy back in the ancient times was actually like very connected. And then they sort of split off. And, really? I didn't yeah, know that. Oh. If you look at like historical stuff, they do say that they were sort of connected huh. and then they split off. But now astrology, like many things, kind of like pop psychology, it's become a little bit more generalized and more mainstream. But Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I've took from astrology, besides asking most of my clients what their sign is, and mm-hmm. you know, and they learn about it, and I learn about their sign based on how they are. It's also like a good way to kind of study yourself by learning your chart, which I'm sure you probably know your chart, Sarah. I do. Yeah, like so, kind of learning those aspects of you. It's almost like an inner psychology, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the many reasons why I really enjoy it too, is because. Like with therapy and anything else, it's like the self-awareness, right? So now I know because I'm a Leo, this is certain things about me. But because my rising is here, these are certain things about me. So, But Mm -hmm. as far as what's going on globally, I do know that there's some very intense studying of the connection of the two. Actually, recently I was looking up like Nostradamus and like some of his, yeah, all his like predictions from the old times. And it's interesting. I wish I could study it more, you know, but like, A big focus for me now is connecting even with clients and about their sign. And some of them have taught me a lot more. So it's been fun to kind of be like, oh, that's why you like your hair like this. Or, you know, like Mm -hmm. that kind of connection with astrology. But I think it could be light, but it could also be like a good roadmap to know yourself more too. Yeah. What have you learned about yourself, essentially, from astrology? I mean, that's a really big question. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever, wherever you feel called to take that. Yeah. I mean, I think because my son signs in Leo, so I definitely like connecting with others. I like validating others, but I also like attention, you know, Mm -hmm. and working in front of a mirror. That's kind of related. So we're into beauty. But 
also, I've sort of understood why I have some of the variety of interests, like having a moon in Gemini and having a Scorpio rising is makes oh, me like, <laughs> oh my <yeah>. goodness. <laughs> I know, right? All over the place. But, yeah. you know, more initially reserved, like just like with reading people. And this is why to reference even kind of like cops or people, you know, in that kind of realm, it's like they have to kind of read someone in mm-hmm. a short time, usually for safety. But, you know, being a hairdresser, I've realized like after these many years, I do that too. Like I read people in a short time to kind of get a feel of what their personality is like, or, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you do the same just naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to tell me your chart now since I shared with you. <laughs> okay. All right. So I am, I'm going to pull it up because I okay. always get this wrong. I have my little co-star app. That's the best app. It's great. It is great. It says really shitty things sometimes though. It'll pop okay. up. What is it saying to me today? Suffering can make humans behave like swine or it can encourage them to connect. Which one are you? Thanks, co-star. Okay, yes. Aquarius sun, Aries moon, Libra rising. Oh my God, interesting. Mm -hmm. Kind of, we got some like, you know, connection. So we got the polarity to the Leo and Aquarius polar. Right, right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, my husband's a Leo, but my husband... There's definitely, I I know a handful of Leos that are not very Leo-like. I think he is also an Aries moon. Actually, he's on here too. I'll just go back and look. I love it. Because it's it's just so interesting. No one would ever guess that he is a Leo. No, Sagittarius moon and Sagittarius rising. Oh, interesting. So a lot of fire going on. (laughs) But that's not, it's, I don't know. he's not. Uh, You would assume he's an earth sign because he's very... Grounded. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I need to, I need to get someone to really like do his chart. I've gone to so many astrologers over the years and a previous therapist of mine was also into astrology. So I've learned a ton of stuff about mine, but know nothing about his. We should do that sometime. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun, but it's just like another tool. And that's why I think with hairdressers and in the field, it's like, that's another kind of way of connecting with people. And I know kind of in therapy, you know, mental health, it's maybe not looked at as like, of significance. But as far as like with doing hair, since it's a little bit more casual environment, it tends to be like a talk of like, usually, you know, your coworkers and what Mm -hmm. sign they are, you know, and it's like, Oh, I get it. He's a Capricorn. That makes sense. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, there, there was an article in the New York times not too long ago that basically talked about consumers of mental health, bringing tarot cards, astrology, other mystical type topics into therapy, people are reaching out for that more and more therapists are willing to integrate that into their work. That's, I mean, that's something that I've, I've always done with my clients who are open to it, right? I never push it, but oftentimes people, they come to me because, because <laughs> they see that that's what I'm into, right? So yes. it's, it's never a surprise when they walk in and I've got, you know, purple hair or whatever color that I'm going <laughs> to be also into tarot cards, right? Totally. That's right. Because we're sort of a reflection, right? And Mm -hmm. then it's the same thing with being a hairdresser. And it's kind of like been ingrained in me. Part of it is growing up seeing my mom always do her makeup and like, Mm -hmm. you know, get ready for work. And so with doing hair and always working in front of a mirror, I always feel like even if I leave the house, I sort of have to look somewhat put together. Part of it is I might run into a client, but also it's like, it makes me feel good. You know, it just makes me feel validated, a little bit of extra attention. And yeah, 
Yeah. And just thinking about the the profession of doing hair and makeup or anything along those lines, like it really is healing to have somebody take care of you and to make you feel beautiful, right? I think mm-hmm. there's something that's so healing about that. And, you know, we could certainly dismiss it as, you know, some sort of superficial thing, but if somebody is like truly embodied and is coming into this as a way to take care of themselves, it really is healing. Definitely. Yeah. And kind of having to do with energy, right? And like healing and having to do with the crown chakra and it's healing someone's face. And what I would do usually energetically is kind of even imagine a grounding cord like on the chair so that when someone would come in, they can release, but like not necessarily through me, you know, through Mm -hmm. like kind of an energetic through the chair, because it happens just like in the mental health field, there is burnout, right? Like when you deal with people, and especially times like what's happening now, Mm -hmm. it's just it's hard not to take it on, especially if you're already an empath or sensitive, and it's easier to take it on. So I, I found that I've been lucky because I took some classes and have been in some different programs that have to do with clearing energy and like healing yourself and being able to see energy, seeing auras. So I think that's sort of what separates people, right? That's what separates a good therapist from another and preference. So I think sometimes people don't realize they're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I just come here and I want to go to sleep or I just love coming here and talking to you. Or there might be someone that normally I'm chatty, but I can tell their eyes are closed. They probably don't want to talk, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so it's letting people be and also being able to read energy. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Do you have any particular like practices that you do in order to clear your energy or to protect your energy? Some stuff I've learned about is kind of having like imaginary roses around you almost like a bubble. So that protects your space from others. That's sort of what I would typically follow. But also, I feel like exercise has been really good for me just kind of clearing that energy because it's hard Mm -hmm. not to like go to bed and think about a heavy conversation. Or now we're in a world where we text each other. So your clients will text you. So we connect with them. And I feel like I've blurred the lines now because in some ways I'm allowed to as a hairdresser, but I've become friends with my clients, right? After you know them for so many years, I know that it's a little different in the mental health field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, It's almost kind of a bummer when you have a client that you would be friends with because... You can't. And so I, <laughs> yeah. I, I've i had so many clients over the years that I was like, oh my God, if we would have just met in real life, we would just be buddies. And that would be so <laughs> fun to go shopping and just be cool together. But yeah, but no, I have to be in service of you 100%. But yeah, there's definitely the intimacy that develops in a long-term therapeutic relationship is, it is special to me too. Even though I would never call my clients my friends, the ones who I've known for many, many years, I don't know. I'm a therapist who does share myself. I do mm-hmm. you know, try to use my own experiences and model when it's appropriate. And so I'm not a blank slate. My clients, they know generally about me, you know, when there are things that a client is struggling with and they're like, have you ever, you know, done anything like that? I'm usually like, yes, yes. (laughs) I am just as human and fallible and vulnerable and fucked up as you are, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's what they love about you too, right? Because it's, Mm -hmm. I know you've talked about that before is like the perfectionist thing, right? It's like, we want to appear like we have it all together, but we really don't. And 
that's why I know that I can be sort of like an actress in front of clients. But Mm -hmm. after a while, after I get to know them a couple sessions, like I can't really act because now they start asking me about me. And if I'm just like, oh yeah, the weather's great. Like (laughs) it works great for some people, right? Some hairdressers, that's great. But like with me, I'm just, and that's the funny part about when I've worked in different salons, I will have the most intense conversations with clients. And I'm like, how is it that it always goes there? You know, but it's good. It's just kind of learning for me to, you know, balance it. But, you know, you connect with who you do. And part of it is not that perfectionist thing. It's kind of saying like, oh, well, that's happened to me or, or talking to a client or whether it's like offering advice or asking them for advice. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I often, I would never. Well, that's not true. Maybe I would outright ask a client for advice, but normally they are teaching me something, but they don't necessarily know it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. For yeah, because sure. I, you know, I, I definitely always want to make sure that I'm in service of them and not using them. But sometimes a positive consequence of working with people and walking people through struggle is that they do inform my life and help me. That definitely makes sense. Yeah, I feel like part of even me going back to school as an adult and, you know, figuring out even classes that I've took or how to maneuver around things like, well, should I major in this or this or, you know, a lot of it's like I've talked to social workers, mental health counselors, therapists, as I've done their hair, and I've asked them, you know, I've talked to police and asked them what they think about different things. It's just like constantly learning. And that's why I think, you know, a regular education and college is great, but like the best life education has been this sort of experience of learning how to talk to people. Because when I first started doing hair, I was like extremely shy and awkward and, you know, and often would just talk to clients so that that would distract them for like looking at their hair because that would make me nervous, you know? So it was like kind of learning how to work with that. But ultimately what I've learned is like I could talk to a wall now. And that's something that happens. Basically, I could talk to anybody because once you've been doing hair for a certain time, you learn to kind of connect with different people on the level that they're at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's shift into the the healer talk because I'm I'm curious your answer to these questions. How do you feel about the term healer as applied to who you are and what you do? I'm very comfortable with it now as I've really understood what it's about. And part of being a healer is seeing people, right? Like, because I think we all want to be seen and heard and, and caring. And because we're in sort of this world now where sometimes things have become more transactional, or I was just talking to a client about this, about the genuineness. It's like people are busier, there's not enough time anymore to connect. And we're just like ordering things online, or the human connection is dissipating. So I feel like with being a healer and like doing hair, I think it feels very natural to me, you know, and mm-hmm. I understand that like part of being a healer is being there for others. And by being there for others, I can see that within myself and recognize it. Hmm. Well, that leads beautifully to the wounded healer question. How do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, I was actually looking up sort of the Jungian mm-hmm. kind of where it started. I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how for women and beauty, the pressure that we have surrounding like beauty, part of it's like the criticalness and working in front of a mirror and learning to see beauty in others and in turn seeing that in myself. And usually it's the client that walks in that 
isn't put together, but leaves looking good and feeling good. And, and there's just something really validating about that for me. It's been very healing to do this line of work because it sort of validates, well, she's so pretty, but it's like, if I'm talking about a client, but I'm like, it's actually not her hair. It's like her personality. Yeah. And it reminds me that that exists in me too. Yeah. I think too, it's as a therapist, I know not all therapists would agree with me, but the way that I show up in the world as a therapist is really modeling doing my own work and being able to touch into my wounds and use them as information in working with people is probably one of the most important things, most important services we can give to our clients is working on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always, tell, I always tell a client when I meet them, like, don't ever trust a therapist who's not in therapy themselves. because <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> that totally. scares the shit out of me. And it's actually similar even with hairdressing. It's like my mom yeah. would always say, she would be like, when she would go to a hairstylist, she would look for someone that like looks put together that looks like they're, <laughs> you know, kind of up to date, more fashionable, because that sort of fits her. And that's something we would always talk about with my coworkers in the salons, we would say stuff like, Oh, well, your clients are so much like you. I knew that was your client, you know, because it's reflective. That's exactly what I was going to say, because I learned at one point, I had to start going to a hairdresser who looked more like me because I learned very quickly that creative color is not something that every hairstylist can do. Yes. <laughs> and bleaching true. bleaching is quite a, an art that not all hairstylists have equally. So I have found, you know, the people that I really connect with often often look like me <laughs> and seem to do my hair very well. It's kind of funny. That makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. It's interesting how, because things are energy, right? So it's like people could tell one of my really good friends told me years ago, he had been a hairdresser for a lot longer than I was at the time. But he told me you can't do everybody in the world's hair. Right. And that's something that's been that lesson is you're not going to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. It's okay if someone stops going to you and goes to someone that sits next to you, because ultimately it has to be like that connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we say that in therapy too. I cannot be, I'm not the therapist for every single person. And and truthfully, I don't want to be. So we have our specialties because we want to actually be really, really good at a handful of things instead of a generalist practitioner who can kind of sort of deal with everything. That makes sense. Yeah. There's such a connection between the two. It's mm-hmm. almost identical. Yeah. Do you have any idea what you want to specialize in? You know, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I think as I go, I want to see because I know that what I really have been loving about therapy now is like the idea of mindfulness and more of like the Eastern philosophies being used. And Mm -hmm. so it's really, really cool. And that's right now I've been, aside from trying to exercise as another form of healing and just taking self care and clearing, I'm also incorporating taking yoga classes because Mm -hmm. I feel like I can't suggest something to others unless I've done it, you know? Amen. Good. Well, that it's, it's a really fun, it's kind of a fun journey to figure out where you want to specialize and where you want to put your attention. And I feel like when you're doing the work yourself, like you just said, I can't recommend something unless I'm doing it. When you're doing the work yourself, it kind of just, it kind of just shows up. It's true. Mm-hmm. What's next for you? So you're getting your bachelor's right now. Yeah, so I'm starting 
mental health counseling graduate program at Loyola downtown in the fall. Go Ramblers. So, <laughs> yes. And I know you're but yeah, so I'm doing that in the fall. And then it's like a two year program. So while mm-hmm. doing that, I will still be doing hair. And currently, I'm more seeing clients sort of more mobile hairstyling. Yeah, so it's even more personal, because now you're like in people's homes. And mm-hmm. even if you weren't close before, you're gonna be because now you're right. in your space. So yeah, I'm just going to continue with the graduate program and then just trying to incorporate more tools, learn more about astrology and continue seeing hair clients. That's awesome. And where can people find you if they want to connect with you either for hair or astrology or any of it? You can reach me on Instagram at Shamusa. And then I'm on Facebook as Shimmy Sheba. So either of those places would be great. Well, good. I hope we get you clients. I know my my listeners like to show up, so I, I bet this will get you some more fun clients. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today and tell us about you. I'm, I'm very excited for your journey in the future, and I will be happy to support you in any way that I can. Thank so you. please, please stay connected. Thank you. I would love that. Thanks so much to Shimmy for joining us. To find out more information about her, you can go to our website at www.headhearttherapy.com slash podcast. Thanks as always to the Creative Imposter Studios for editing, to Liam O'Donnell for the album art, and to Ben Mueller for our theme music. Until next time, bye-bye.